It's the Benz Brunani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this Baby sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea We are go sipping yo Hard time scrolling for your long shorts You might learn something you never know Could let you find And she's one of a kind Don't say you mind, say you mind I'm flinging in the rain just flinging in the rain I'm dashing my straw so I'm happy again I'm laughing at clowns yeah I'll stop there I've got to think of more lyrics but I'm really happy about that one hi 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 hello everyone it's me Kelechi in the place to be yes I'm back for another episode um as you can see there's been a two-week gap And I think I kind of like it that way. I kind of like this maybe fortnightly bit. I think that that would work for me so I can stay accountable to myself and to you um, in the flinging of straws. But let's see how we go. If for some reason I just have way too much to say, it might not be fortnightly. I might just do a, a, a weekly one. Who knows? Let's just see how we go. But for now... I'm just super happy to be here, super excited to be making another episode because I truly do love SYM and this is what this is. So welcome, welcome to another episode of SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, but unofficially known as my favourite phrase, suck your mum. That's right. I'm Kelechi, Kelechi Okafor, aka the creator of Sally in HR, aka the creator of Most Things Great and I'll continue to do as I've been doing. I don't know why I felt the need to do that intro, but I'm so excited. So much is coming up. So much is coming up. So finally, I'm doing a TEDx talk. Somebody had the common sense to realize that they needed me to do a TEDx talk. So I'll be doing TEDx Sussex Uni. I want to say on the, I want to say on the 18th of March, but I could just be lying. Let me just check the date. I'm a G, of course. Yeah, it's 18th of March. So I'll be doing TEDx Sussex Uni. Um, I'll be talking about, well, the theme is empowerment. So I've got a whole thing ready to talk about empowerment. And I'm just glad somebody had the sense because all of the rest of you, man, who think that you're too nice um, to let me speak my truth, um, that's your personal problem because now TEDx Sussex Uni will be the ones to receive all of the zhuzh, all of the beauty and the light that I have to offer in this life. And so I can't wait. I can't wait for that talk to happen. I'm super excited because what I'm talking about is super, really, really close to my heart. And I really hope it bangs. Imagine if I get on stage and I just drop. Wow. Anyway, let's just hope for great things. So yeah, that's going to be happening. And then other bits will be happening, but I guess I'll just talk about them as they go along. I've been filming again, so I've been really tired, but it's for a really, really cool series um, that will be out soon. Um, like um not I wouldn't yeah I guess you'd call it like a reality series or like a documentary series sort of thing but I've been working on that as an expert so um that would be cool I feel like more black women deserve to be called experts because we are literally experts at so many things so yeah there's lots of things in the pipeline and something coming up that's rather snazzy for international women's day which would be really really interesting and a massive surprise so um Yeah, man, I'm just out here doing bits. I don't think that I'll be doing any more merchandise or anything for a bit. I just think I need to relax um, and make space for other things as they come along, I guess. Um, 
Also, if you're just like joining me, because I know that recently, because of Sally and HR, I've had an influx of new followers. And so if this is your first time listening to the podcast episode, hello, welcome. Please go and listen or watch the previous episodes, because I promise you, whatever you want to write me, that long email that you want to write me, that's akin to War and Peace or A Tale of Two Cities. Um, I've probably already covered what you're asking in previous episodes. Where are those tarot cards from? How did you get into tarot? Go back to the earlier episodes. Everything is there for you. It's literally a wonder, wonder world. You're my wonder world. Yeah, sorry. Sometimes I get carried away in song. Um, Yeah, so you've got all of that available to you. So please go back to listen to the previous episodes and get involved in, you know, in a real way. Um, And that's really that. Um, I'm going to jump into the tarot straight away because there's so much to talk about and I want to get it done in under an hour like a baby girl. So um, tarot this week. The first card that I pulled from the Say Your Mind affirmation deck um, that some of you have, well, 200 of you will have this deck. The card I pulled this week is... My boundaries are necessary. So that's the card. Nice and holographic for your ass. (laughs) Um, It says, protecting your peace is important. Be proud of the boundaries you put in place because they prove that you love yourself. That's super important because I think that sometimes people make you feel like you're moving mad because you have these boundaries and you have these rules, but I promise you you're not. Like, I definitely think that that's the theme of the cards that came out today. And big up Pisces season, man. To all of the Pisces uh, people who are listening to the podcast, like, big up yourselves. Like, my brother is a Pisces, my baby brother. I call him my baby brother. He's all of, like, 23 or 20, 23. Is he 23 years old? Yeah, I think he's 20. Yeah, he's 23 years old, going on 24. Yeah, it's going to be 24 next week um, He's one of my favourite people in the entire world I love him so, so much Possibly the person I love most in this world um, No shade to my other brother I obviously love you too But, you know, he's just my baby He's literally my baby And he's an amazing Pisces um, And I do notice that he second guesses the boundaries that he puts in place Because he wants to please everybody And he wants to be that friend to everybody But you can't be everything to everyone Like you've got to prioritise yourself And protecting your peace is important And if what um, is required of you In order to please everyone Is to lose pieces of yourself Then is it truly worth it? Because fam, you'll have nothing left So please, please consider that And the reason I say that Is because the cards that came up in the Kaleidodope deck by uh, Crystal Banner, we got the Queen of Cups, which looks really cool. It's just we see the Queen of Hearts on the mug. Got the Queen of Cups and also the Two of Coins. So it's clear to me that a lot of you are second guessing yourself, like you're second guessing that innate intuition that you have that the Queen of Cups possesses. Like she's so mature and sure of her decisions and she gives love readily and makes sure that there's enough for herself as well as other people. Like the Queen of Cups is an actual G and literally like the personification of love. 
But what's happening here is that because of this love that you want to give to people, you're now really in two minds about if you're doing the right thing. If it's about your boundaries and if it's a, if it's something that brings you peace, then you are doing the right thing. If you've got to cut people off, you've got to cut people off. If maybe you don't speak to people for a few days, you don't speak to people for a few days. It is what it is. And don't be afraid to reassert your truth. Sometimes you say things or you're feeling a particular type of way and you say it to people and they're like, oh yeah, but you know that there's worse happening happening in the world and like literally you could be living in Syria right now or this could be happening or this could be happening you're like bitch but this is what's happening right now because suffering is relative right now what's happening to me is what's important to me so don't let people like undermine the way that you feel about things trust your gut trust your instincts you're not mad it just feels like the very very strong message coming through right now is that your boundaries are necessary because you are not mad okay even if people are making you feel like you're mad you're not okay so you have to trust yourself please please trust yourself so if you're um, a long time listener you'll notice that I didn't do the black angel deck of cards because I feel like I'll bring them in now and then but we've already gone through all of the cards and I've got another deck of cards coming soon by Marcel Kroll which will be nice as well so I'll probably use those when they um, Marcella Kroll yeah when they arrive anyway I'll bring them in so you can see Anyways, moving on to Share Your Magnificence. This week, my Share Your Magnificence goes out to Oprah Winfrey and Brene Brown. So you might say that I'm late in the game, but I only just started listening to Super Soul Conversations, um, which is Oprah Winfrey's podcast. I only just started listening to it because I'm I'm very stubborn as a person. Like I do things when I want to do them. Like you can recommend something to me over and over again. I do this when people recommend things to me. I go, <laughs> oh, that sounds wonderful. Okay, well, I'll note it down. It's noted. It's noted. And I'll get to it. That's me just saying, shut the fuck up. I'm not doing it. And it's really a bad habit. But um, yeah, I do things when I'm ready to do them. And my God, that first episode that I heard with Brene Brown and um, Oprah Winfrey blew my mind. It absolutely blew my mind. Because all this time I've been like, you know what? Big up all the podcasts that are out there right now. Like everyone's doing amazing things. And I love the vibe of everyone's podcast. But something feels like it's missing for me. I need, like, there's just something that I'm looking for. Little did I know that it was waiting for me and Auntie Oprah. Auntie Oprah Winfrey Winfrey was the person that had the, 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 the magic that I was looking for. It's just like an older aunt just talking about the things that you need to hear in a very loving and straightforward way without swearing because my god I swear a lot wow you know when people ask you to like provide a 30 minute clip of your podcast so they can post it you know whenever I do if um you know these things whether I'm on the news or whatever whatever, they're like oh can we have a snippet of your podcast because we want to use it as the intro before you know we introduce you and obviously you can't have any swearing and blah, blah, blah. And I start looking through this podcast and basically the only thing I can say is, hi, my name is Kelechi Okafor. That's, that, that's pretty much all I have to offer because I'm just swearing left, right and center. So I'm trying to just do better. Do better, Kelechi. Be better. But anyway, yeah, my show Your Magnificence goes out to Oprah Winfrey and Brene Brown because this episode that I listened to was incredible. They were basically talking, um, Oprah was talking to Brene Brown about um, her she was talking to her about her book called Daring Greatly. And I have this book. That is the wickedest. So I've brought the book in for you to see if you're watching this um, on YouTube. Um, Daring Greatly, 
by Brene Brown. It says here, how the courage to be vulnerable transforms the way we live, love, parent, and lead. Wow. So this book, I think I might have uh, mentioned it before, probably at the live show that happened at Boondocks, which was the first live show. But um, it was recommended to me by my therapist, my current therapist, who's an absolute G, Emma, um, because we were having a conversation about vulnerability. and And I... basically said to her that like that's one of my biggest challenges like being vulnerable is not something that I'm used to obviously since having a childhood of so much trauma I'm not used to being vulnerable and this book really really addresses that and she talks about the uh, quote that she saw from um, Roosevelt let me see if she puts it here yeah she says the phrase daring greatly is from Theodore Roosevelt's speech citizenship in a republic The speech, sometimes referred to as the man in the arena, was delivered at the Sorbonne in Paris, France, on April 23rd, 1910. This is the passage that made the speech famous. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming. But who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly. As she said, the first time I read this quote, I thought, this is vulnerability. Everything I've learned from over a decade of research on vulnerability has taught me this exact lesson. Vulnerability is not knowing victory or defeat. It's understanding the necessity of both. It's engaging. It's being all in. Now, this is the clutch. Like, this is the the line that I really, really think that has shifted the way that I'll go forward in speaking about things. It says here, vulnerability is not weakness and the uncertainty, risk and emotional exposure we face every day are not optional. Our only choice is a question of engagement. Our willingness to own and engage with our vulnerability determines the depth of our courage and the clarity of our purpose. The level to which we protect ourselves from being vulnerable is a measure of our fear and disconnection. When we spend our lives waiting until we're perfect or bulletproof before we walk into the arena, we ultimately sacrifice relationships and opportunities that may not be recoverable. We squander our precious time and we turn our backs on our gifts, those unique contributions that only we can make. Perfect and bulletproof are seductive, but they don't exist in the human experience. We must walk into the arena, whatever it may be, a new relationship, an important meeting, our creative process, or a difficult family conversation with courage and the willingness to engage. Rather than sitting on the sidelines and hurling judgment and advice, we must dare to show up and let ourselves be seen. This is vulnerability. This is daring greatly. Wow. Okay, Brene, drag my lack of hair. Drag my hair follicles. 
I love that because ultimately people talk about vulnerability and the next word that comes out is weakness when actually she's saying no 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 vulnerability is strength it's it's not it's not about necessarily showing weakness it's about the willingness to engage no matter what happens and oftentimes especially in the age of social media I'm finding that less and less people are truly truly engaging everyone's trying to like curate the perfect page even the ones that claim that oh I don't care I'm just a mummy or I'm just somebody doing what I do and it's all a mess and I don't care but you do care because you spent you took 50 shots of that same like pose and then you chose the one that you feel represents you best or most perfectly imperfect and put that up so everything is strategic we all do it but what's happening is that we all want to be perfect before we present ourselves to the world but nobody's perfect so we're all just there hacking away at ourselves hacking away at our self like our self esteem trying to find this perfect like you know, um, structure within ourselves to present to the world. And then other people are throwing comments while we're doing that, hacking away ourselves going, oh, I don't like that. I think it's too fat. I think it's too gay. I think it's too black. I think it, just dashing, 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 dashing. Meanwhile, nobody's got the perfect statue anyway. Nobody's got the perfect structure. Just feeling out here, feeling miserable. Um, one of the things that they touched on as well was how we, because of a lack or, or unwillingness to be vulnerable, we try to dress rehearse tragedy before it happens because we're trying to beat, um, you know, tragedy or vulnerability to the punch. And that is, if I have one fatal flaw in life, it's my it's my kind of um, preoccupation with what it means to lose something. And I think I spoke about it in the What Now episode after my miscarriage. Like if I'm having a joyous moment, if I'm having a brilliant moment, like even when I won the Screen Nation Awards, at the exact moment of feeling happy about that thing, I instantly think, well, you know what this means? You're never going to win an award again. You're never going to win something else. What, what, what if you get hit by a bus when you're heading home? Like, I can't just enjoy and be grateful for the moment. I can't be grateful. It's, it's almost like I'm predisposed to believing that life is about to play a, like a dirty trick on me and pull the rug from underneath me the moment I admit that life is actually good and I think that a lot of us have that like that issue and that's my main focus in therapy and I just thought that it would be nice to share that with you because people often talk to me about oh my god you're so confident you're so this you're so that and what I loved about listening to that um, soul uh, Sunday soul conversation, soulful Sunday, whatever it's called, when I was listening to that conversation, what I loved is that Oprah said, um, "Vulnerability is the co- is the cornerstone of confidence," and that summed it up for me. Confidence without vulnerability is arrogance, as far as I'm concerned, because arrogance, the cornerstone of that, is fear, and it just all started to like just meld into place because these are things you know like when you've got all of the words in your mind like you feel like you know all of these things but someone says it and they say it in such a clear way and you're like boom that's it that's what I've been trying to say to myself and I couldn't find fucking words um and that is it like my confidence comes from a place 
that I know that I'm being as vulnerable as I can with the world. And that's the whole point of this podcast. Like from the beginning, I've been vulnerable and I've shared with you my journey and the things that I see, even with the jokes all along the way. I've tried to appear in this world as my truest self because for the longest time, due to all the sexual trauma and just like growing up, in the life that I grew up, I wasn't able to access myself. I was always locked away somewhere. And it's been an arduous process of bringing myself to the fore. And that's what I aim to share in these episodes, because I could easily make um, an ep- um, like a podcast about like fitness, about this, about that, about entrepreneurship. I can make a podcast about literally anything else and dress it up and make it look fancy to you. Um, but what is the point? Because there are enough podcasts doing that where people aren't really trying to go deeper. They just want to exist on the surface and that's okay But I believe that to be truly confident To be able to walk truly with your head held high in this life You have to be vulnerable And that that means that you have to then withstand backlash When you share the complexities and the conflicts within your life And, um, you know, what people might call, I don't know, um yeah, not yeah, or inconsistencies with what we might what people might call it, like when everyone was going wild um because over the shit vine talking about interracial relationships and things like that, and people were like, Oh, um, but you're with a white guy and da 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 da. I chose to share that. And I've been sharing that for years. Like my whole relationship, I've been sharing that for years, not sharing the intricacies of my relationship, but showing the fact that I'm in a relationship and things like that, those things have been shared. I haven't like forced it down people's throats because there are other things, more urgent things to talk about. But those things are things that I've chosen to share. So therefore you can't um, injure me with the stones that I gave you. You can't really, you can't because they don't hurt. They're mine. They don't hurt, you know? So It's just an interesting concept, basically. And that's why my Share Your Magnificence has to go out to Oprah and Brene Brown because they're really out here changing the game. Um, Oprah through just being a living, breathing legend and Brene Brown from actually examining and breaking down um, herself and those people around her and giving us um, a lesson in what it means to be vulnerable and um, a dissecting of what shame truly is and how shame robs us of the path to our power but um yeah enough of me like waffling I'll talk more about I guess all of this stuff at my TEDx talk like a baby girl like a baby girl so anyway Brene Brown and Oprah Winfrey I hope Oprah I hope I meet you one day I get really frustrated that you come to London You come to London Viola Davis comes to London Um, Who else comes to London? Like basically you're my two people Oprah and Viola Davis You all come in here with your cute expensive shoes And stomp all over London's grounds And not once do you say Tweet at me and say Hey girl, hey baby girl Do you want to meet up? I don't know why I don't know why But I do believe Oprah, as well as Viola Davis, that you will one day holler at me because I believe that we're meant to be friends. Most especially Oprah, I believe that I'm meant to be in one of your favorite things. I I truly believe that my podcast or Sally or just me generally will be one of your favorite things one day because I've really been out here doing bits and doing bobs. But in the meantime, two slaps on your chest, Oprah, and two slaps on your chest, Brene Brown, for actually helping us to find our way back to ourselves. Yes. So that was all lovely and inspirational. Now let's get into the absolute shithole that is um, So You Mad. So 
This week in So You Mad So You Mad I need a jingle for that If someone can create me a jingle I want it to be like Boom, 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 boom no, or maybe it should still fit with the jingle of It's the Ben's Bonani woman But I just need it to go So you mad But yeah, I, I want that for the, the section And then I want one that goes Suck your mum For the suck your mum section So all of you that are not busy Or, you know, you are busy But maybe you've got 10 minutes Create that for me, love you all Yeah, anyway So you mad Elisa Ashley Elisa Ashley is a beauty blogger. She's really, really pretty. I like her eyes. She's really pretty and I like her lips. Anyway, she's a beauty blogger from what I know. And she's got just, she's just really cute. She's really, really cute. Anyway, she's usually known to have short hair, like short golden honey, like curly, cute hair. She posted a picture the other day and um, captioned it by saying that she paid $550, um, $700 if you include tip. Um, She paid $550 to have her braids done by Dr. Carrie um, Okari Williams, who's a doctor of trichology, who's also the creator of Goddess Locks. Um, I was pretty disheartened by the internet, as I usually am, but it's just literally what we've been talking about, about people hacking away at themselves and then other people coming to hack away at them further. Um, People started tweeting about, oh my God, I can't believe that you spent $550 getting your braids done. Sis, that money's like Giuseppe money. You could have done so much with that money, but you chose to spend it on braids, sis, braids. It's the same thing I felt when you man came for Nikita when she announced that she got a penthouse. Why can you not? Why can you not mind your fucking business? Mind your fucking business. Yeah. Honestly, why can you not mind your fucking business? What is your business in what somebody else is doing with their money. Elisa decided that she wanted to do braids and she decided that she wanted her follicles, her edges to be intact when she removed the braids. So she decided to pay somebody who is literally an expert. The same thing I was just saying earlier about calling more black women experts. This woman is an expert at doing hair, literally a creator of the goddess locks that you guys are all doing on your head. Like she is an expert. Do you think you're not going to have, if you want expert braids, do you not think you're going to have to pay expert money? Yeah. And this is why some of you, man, are looking like Mr. Burns because your edges are gone. You're miserable in life and your lips are dry. Why? Because you're, you're not focused on the right things. Your lips are dry because you're dehydrated. You're not drinking water because you're busy fixing your mouth about other people and what they're doing with their money. She wanted to spend $550 on braids And you know what, I rate her Because pay people what they're worth Most especially pay black women what they're worth I am so tired I am so exhausted of you man messaging me Going, oh my god, you write me one long thesis About the event that you're doing And all the people that you plan to invite And the capacity of the venue And rare, 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 rare But nowhere do you mention how much you plan to pay me And then you expect me to ask you But the vibe I'm getting is that you don't actually plan to pay me there is an email coming back to this Alyssa um chat but 
I just need to read you this email that really riles me up. Luckily, I send things to management because I've got manager now um, in Crystal. I've got Crystal to be my manager. Um, so things go through her. She checks with me and then she deals with them. But this email came through. They wanted me to do an event with them. Uh, Crystal got in touch with them and she was just like, well, collect she's fee. I can send it over to you. But just firstly, let me know if you have a budget. They said... Hi, Crystal. Thank you for your email. For this particular event, there isn't a budget for speakers as we are inviting several people to be on uh, to be part of the panel discussion for just one hour and it is not paid. However, other speakers have have discount codes for tickets that they will be sharing with. I guess they wanted to write here um, their their followers with their followers, and we could create a discount code um, code for Kalechi and then pay her the amount of tickets that have been bought with her code. Do let me know your thoughts on this. Let so Crystal would have responded to them in a much more polite way, but let me let you know my thoughts on this. Fuck off, fuck off, yeah, yeah, fuck off, are you mad? We want her for just an hour. Do you know what you are saying? Do you, Are you aware of the words that you are typing? Do, do you think that makes sense? You don't just book someone from, for an hour. I don't fucking teleport. That is not available. That technology is not available yet. And even if it was, you'd still have to pay me for my teleportation time and for me to get into the teleportation device. So the fact of the matter is you're not just having me for an hour. It's probably an hour for me to get there and an hour for me to stay there. And then I can't leave straight away because every man will want to talk to me. And then an hour for me to get home. So really, you're taking up five hours of my time. If we're just talking about hours, let's not talk about expertise. Let's just talk about hours. So five hours of my time you want for free while I could be doing something else that pays me. Or I could just be at home for free living my life. But you want me for just an hour Because that's all it is to you And this is especially frustrating When it comes from other black people Because of all people Surely we should start to value ourselves more Surely we should start to value each other I don't come to you man Asking you to do anything for me for free But for some reason You seem to expect me to do shit for free Or you want to book a party at the studio I've literally created tiers So if you don't have money for one thing You could pay for another thing And people will still message me going I want the top tier Can we negotiate on a price? No we cannot fucking negotiate on a price Go down a tier And choose that one instead Because that would fit your budget Like what is wrong with people? Start to treat black women with more respect I said this in the last fucking episode But it's so frustrating that someone could come with such vim And then let's go to the part where my knowledge So you want an hour, just an hour of my time Which we've actually calculated is about five hours But also in that hour you expect me to talk And in that talking you expect me to impart knowledge That I had to probably pay in time and money to acquire but I should share it I should impart it for free Do you not realise how stupid And how how violent your request is? Do, is Is that not something that you realise? I understand if you're doing an event That you're not charging for That's something But if you are doing an event And it's ticketed And people are paying for it Bitch, run me my fucking money Run me my money Or don't, don't send me any messages Don't ask me to do anything Right 
it's just really, really annoying. But um, and then let's get to the part of what what do I look like? Have I do 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 I have flyers? Is there a flyer on my head? Is there a flyer on my head? Am I a flyer printer? Um, do you see me going around posting posters all around Brick Lane? No. You know why? Because I'm not a promoter. I'm not a fucking promoter. So you telling me that you're going to generate a discount code for people to use to come to your event. So you're making money and then you'll give me a percentage of that, whatever they pay. So you want me to use my platform to help your event. And then, so I'm doing extra work again, apart from the five hours that we've covered, I've now got to do extra work in promoting your event for you. And then I'm going to get a cut off the money. If you don't fuck off back to hell where you came from, stop insulting black women. Stop. Because this shit is ridiculous. So in a very, very long-winded way, what I'm trying to say about this um, Alyssa situation is that I appreciate her. She saw the value in another black woman and she said, sis, you want $550 for doing braids? Have my $550 and have your tip on top, yeah? So I've given you $700 because you know what? She's got it like that. Nobody's asking you lot to come and pay $550 or add tip on top if you don't have that money. Stick to your auntie. Hey, auntie, auntie, you want to do your hair? You want, you want, you want, you want to do your hair? Um, stick, stick to them, man. There, stick to them, man. If that's what you can afford, go there. Have them plait your eyebrows in with your hair, and then drag everything together. And so you're walking around looking like the bride of Frankenstein. Go and do that, yeah. If you don't have the money, but leave other people alone to spend the money how they want to spend it, especially if they're using that money to support other black women. Mind your business Mind your fucking business So that was basically that Like it really upset Alyssa Watching like reading her profile uh, The way that people were coming at her But you guys will go and spend Fucking the same amount of money On a Gucci belt And then tomorrow Gucci will come and disrespect you So who really is the loser In that situation Who really is the jobless individual the person that common sense was available and they declined. It's clearly you. Mind your business. So um, that's that. Um, moving on from that trash, that nonsense interaction that came Alyssa's way to Kim Kardashian. Ugh. I will never be a fan. I, 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 they say never say never, but the way things are going, I'll just never... I don't see myself ever being a fan. Um, she... Tweeted that she's upset at brands like Fashion Nova and other fas uh, fast fashion brands because um, they're stealing her look. So she wore a dress, I think, on Sunday or something. Um, she wore a dress, um, a vintage, uh, I forget which brand it is, but she wore a vintage dress anyway. And within a few hours or within 24 hours, Fashion Nova had already done a knockoff. And then she tweeted, Kim Kardashian tweet, tweeted, it's devastating to see these fashion companies rip off designs that have taken the blood, sweat and tears of true designers who have put their all into their own original ideas. But shut the fuck up. Shut up. Shut up. You, the biggest thief of them all. Hey, pot, kettle, Boxer braids Please You of all people It's not You are not the person That will now come and open your mouth About blood, sweat and tears That people have put into their original designs When your very own blood sisters Are stealing designs From less, lesser known black women 
and putting it on their site and making money off it, profiting off it. Your same sisters that want to use the faces of, is it Biggie and, and all of them man there on their t-shirts without asking for permission from the family. Like you, your family, your entire family's worth, your entire family's empire is built on theft. It is literally built on theft and specifically theft from black women. So do not now come and tell me that you're upset that these brands are, um, you know, they're taking Kanye's designs or no, they're taking from this vintage design. And what makes it worse is that, oh, there's actually a plot twist. So somebody actually came along and said, um, hey guys, uh, Kim is lying to you again because that's all she knows how to do in this life. She's a liar. She's a liar and she's a thief. She's a vagabond. Um, Kim is actually lying to you guys. She... Someone posted from the Fashion Nova people, they posted um, this, um, they posted this story that says, basically, see stories for a screenshot of the date of capture of one session. It's labeled uh, 14th of February, 2019, which is before, this is four days before Kim wore the dress. Kim wore this dress on the 18th of February. Um, But you'll see in this screen capture from Fashion Nova, I think it is, um, you'll see that the vintage Moogler dress had already been, um, they'd already done a photo shoot with Kim ahead of this. And they'd already, you know, so this dress was basically, cut a long story short, this dress was already in the works because they already knew Kim was going to wear it. So that means that Kim has had a discussion, some back channel discussion with Fashion Nova and gone, yeah, I'm going to wear this dress. So you should do a knockoff. But she doesn't want to get sued, allegedly. So ideally, homegirls are avoiding getting sued. So she'll have a private shoot with them so they can see the dress on her. They can see what it looks like. They can start making it fast, fast. She'll wear the dress on the 18th and then she'll feign shock and horror when she sees how quickly they've put it out there. But really what she's doing is she's promoting them because the shock horror, she's mentioning them and then other people are going, oh girl, I want to dress like him. And they're going to go and buy the dress. Meanwhile, she's not getting in trouble with the vintage brands. Do you see? Because that's all this girl knows how to do Run brain Run brain and lie I really feel some type of way Whenever I see black women Who are fans of her Because I'm just like She's a liar A liar and a thief That's that's all I ever see Just a liar and a thief I don't get it I'll never forget that episode Where she took her sisters With her to the, uh, to the doctors Or to get an x-ray Or whatever the hell To prove that her bum Wasn't fake But fam They grew up with you So even Even the The, the farce of that whole thing Was wild to me And also you know That the a Composition of whatever Was injected or put into your ass Isn't going to show up on there So It's just Why would you go to that extent To lie she actually scares me because the extent she will go to to lie is unlike anything I've ever seen before. And so I don't put it past her. Um, I think it was diet underscore Prada that put this up and they were just like, yeah, she's already been doing these photo shoots with them. They already know what she's going to wear. And then she wears it and then they make it and put it out there and everyone's making their money and it's all hush hush because they labeled the um, the shoot um, with that dress four days before she did her thing. The The... The shoot was labelled Kim dress So how did they know that Kim was going to wear the dress Four days before she wore the dress Yeah, I'll leave you with that one Basically, people are mad out here And I'm not with it I'm not with it Anyway, let's move on to more serious um, issues 
So Shamima Begum, 19-year-old girl who now wants to come home. Um, she wants to come home because she decided at 15 years old to leave her school. I think she went to a school in Bethnal Green. She decided to leave school and go to Syria to go and join ISIS, I think. Um, basically, the Home Office have revoked her citizenship and they said, Naji, we don't recognize you. Um, you're looking mighty unfamiliar. You can't come back in the country. Now, I'm I'm not going to bore you with the details because I'm sure you you guys already know um, the details of this whole thing. But I'll just go quickly through it. Shamima Begum, who joined the Islamic State group in Syria, age 15, is to lose her UK citizenship. Whitehall sources said it was possible to strip the 19-year-old of British nationality as she was eligible for citizenship of another country. Her family's lawyer, uh, Tasneem Akunji, said they were disappointed with the decision and were considering all legal avenues to challenge it. Ms. Begum, who left East London in 2015, has said she wanted to return home. She was found in a Syrian refugee camp last week after reportedly leaving Bagus, which was an IS, uh, IS's last stronghold, and gave birth to a son at the weekend. In an interview with the BBC on Monday, Miss Begum said she never sought to be um, an ISIS poster girl and now simply wished to raise her child quietly in the UK. Um, ITV News obtained the letter sent to Miss Begum's mother asking her to inform her daughter of the decision. Under the 1981 British Nationality Act, a person can be deprived of their citizenship if the Home Secretary is satisfied it would be conducive to the public good and they would not become stateless as a result. Ms. Begum said she travelled to Syria with her sister's UK passport, but it was taken from her when she crossed the border. Uh, She's believed to be of Bangladeshi heritage, But when asked by the BBC, she said she did not have a Bangladesh passport and had never been to the country. On the question of Miss Begum's son, a child born to the British parent before they were they are deprived of their citizenship, um, they she would um, the child would still be eligible to be British or considered British. And while it would be theoretically uh, theoretically possible for the UK to then remove citizenship from the child, officials would need to balance their rights against any potential threat they posed. So basically, um, because um, Shamima's mum is of Bangladeshi descent, that means technically that she's a Bangladeshi national. So that's how they got around the whole issue of letting her come back to the UK because they're like, fam, you could technically go to Bangladesh. You don't need to come back to the UK. Now, there are a number of things about the Shamima Begum thing that gets me. First of all, the lack of remorse. But at the same time, not to say that I agreed with her. Like, I just thought a lot of the things were wild. And I don't, I don't doubt that she was groomed. I don't doubt it. Um, because some people are like, well, how can she be groomed? Because she seems perfectly fine now. Shut up, because you don't know how grooming works because your, your white men are groomed to go and shoot up schools and you don't even realise that. They're groomed by white supremacist patriarchy, so shut your mouth. Um, my whole issue is that she made a salient point when she talked about the fact that the people that died in Manchester, the children and um, the adults that died in that Manchester bombing um, was horrific. At the same time, children and adults are also being bombed daily where you know around where she is and because of the way that we are insulated in the western world 
uh, and we're only given certain types of news, we don't realize the atrocities that are committed in our name. We do not realize it. So when a terrorist attack in um, inverted commas happens in this country, we're like, oh my God, this is so terrible. This is horrible. Those fucking terrorists. What are they retaliating to? I don't believe that people are inherently evil. What are they retaliating to? And also this takes me back to Brene Brown when she talks about faith and um, and she, I think she says that faith without vulnerability and faith without vulnerability and something else is extremism. And that's basically what it is. People are touting, um, they're claiming that they're doing things in the name of faith where, where actually without vulnerability, they cannot be. It can only be extremism. Um, and that goes for the UK as well. That goes for the UK as well. So it just gets me that she makes a point like that. People brush over it because they're just like, no, she's an evil cow. She went to go and join ISIS. I don't want to know. But you're still missing the point that people are still dying. People, innocent, because you guys love that word, innocent lives. Innocent lives are being lost in these countries too. But what? Because they're brown skinned, they don't matter. Because they're black skinned, they don't matter. Like I don't, I don't get how we decide whose lives are more worthy. And that is an aspect that I took from it. I don't obviously agree with extremism. I think a lot of all of the things that are happening is just wild. But there is so little that we actually know because so many things are being done claiming to be for our security when actually it's for profit. It's literally for profit. And we are unaware of that. So there's that part of the whole Shamima Begum thing. The other part that I think that people should really, really bear in mind is that you're all celebrating the fact that she's had her citizenship or she might, she is likely to have her citizenship revoked, forgetting what that means for you too. They're basically now saying that if you commit any sort of higgy hagger, you can also have your, um, passport, your uh, your citizenship revoked. There's a line here that really made me shudder. I'm just trying to find it. Um, about terrorist activity. It basically says, um, it basically says that if the UK, yeah, here it is. Um, Mr. Javid, um, who's the Home Secretary and he's a pussy clerk, um, told MPs earlier this week that more than 100 dual nationals had already lost their UK citizenship after travelling in support of terrorist groups. Um, that made me shudder because Black Lives Matter, to some people, is considered a terrorist organisation. Yet all they want is for black people to just not just to, to just be be alive and not be killed. So it just depends on how the government wants to frame you. So you go to a Black Lives Matter march, I don't know, in Ferguson, and you try to come back to the UK, but you are of dual nationality, so you're Nigerian and you're British. Where where do you think your plane is going to get redirected to, please? You're not staying here. So as I'm in no way saying that obviously ISIS is similar to Black Lives Matter, but what I'm saying is that the conflation of what is deemed to be terrorism, because white people are never terrorists, but what is deemed to be terrorism is so muddy that this can hit any of us at any time. They can take as long as you have that dual nationality or your parents are from somebody somewhere else. 
they can get your clout and they can get your clout in very, very wild ways. And I think that this is going to set a precedence for what is going to happen to so many other people. Like they're already saying that 100 people of dual nationality have already had their citizenship revoked. So that means that they're coming for any man out here. And it's just something that we need to consider you speak out against the state Again, it's not the same as what Shamima is doing But I'm just saying that You speak out against the state Or you even go and com- commit one kind of crime You know, separate They'll just be like, okay, so you know that passport that you've got? Yeah, 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 yeah The Queen wants it back and Lizzie wants it back, babe You just hand that right over and you get the fuck out um, It's another stage It's another stage in the hostile environment You know whole saga and I just ask you to be a bit more aware so sometimes put your Islamophobia to the side and be more aware of what this means for all of us in the grand scheme of things that's all I ask not saying that any of this is correct like I still have so many mixed feelings about what is going on and I feel so sorry for the brown um Muslim people who feel like they've got to come forward and denounce Shamima to be because you know there's always got to be a community leader that comes to be like oh no we don't agree with that bitch um and everyone has to denounce her and do all of that and do all of that but you know you can still question the other things that have been done in your name without advocate like without saying that you're in support of her and her wildness like those are two separate things That's all I'm saying Anyway That's it for So You Mad So let's jump quickly to Suck your mother Suck your mom Straw of the week Straw of the fortnight Who knows Um My first straw of the week Goes out to um, White female judges Who Really like to make an example Of young black men um, and by giving them harsh sentences because they you know they they need to be made an example of make examples of your 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 middle class white boys why don't you make examples of them why is it always the young black boys that must be made examples of I don't get it um and I'm saying this from a very very personal space because um watching a black man who yes did something very very stupid have the judge just feel like he wasn't getting a large enough sentence. So the two counts that he was charged with, um, instead of letting him serve those sentences that he's been charged with concurrently, you've said, no, I want him to serve it consecutively because you want to draw out the, the amount of time that he is imprisoned, which is interesting because if a white boy was put in front of you, whether working class or middle class, most especially middle class, you'd probably not even give them a custodial sentence. You'd probably be like, you know, the time that you spent in, um, on remand, that's enough. You just go home because I don't want to ruin your life. You never, you obviously as judges, See um, imprisonment as punitive Not rehabilitative Because otherwise you'd think that everybody Deserves to go into this system But no, you save it for the black and brown boys And your little white boys For the most part You either give them lighter sentences Or you just let them go right on home I doubt that this white female judge Would have said, you know what, white boy I want you to serve those terms consecutively You would have let them serve it concurrently And it worries me The system is I want to say the system is broken But I know the system is not broken The system is doing exactly what it needs to do In the subjugation of black men and boys And it makes me sick So the white female judges Who are out here ruining lives You could go fuck yourselves Because you're trash You're absolute trash And you could take all of these straws Stick them under your wig And then stick them in your mum's vagina and use it somehow to suck your mum dry through your ears. That's what I'd want. Suck your mum through your ears, you fucking pricks. 
Um, so that's one straw. Um, and I'd like um, a sort of beigey tartan straw to go out to Burberry. Uh, for their autumn winter 2019 collection, um, collection which fe- features a noose. It's, it's a hoodie, and um, at the bottom of the hoodie, near the hood, there is a noose. And for some reason, they thought that this would be fashion forward and a way to go. Obviously, I know that um, Gucci have been moving mad, like Prada have been moving mad. All of these um, fashion houses are clearly, madness is really, really doing them. And I want to say it's due to a lack of diversity in these arenas, but ultimately I just think it's just a hatred and an underlying, undeniable hatred of blackness. Why, Why would a noose a noose, a proper, proper noose that people have been lynched with, that people have committed suicide with, why would it ever, ever be something that would be fashionable? I don't get it. I, I don't understand. And at this point, we I just believe that as black people, we are being trolled. We are being trolled as a community because our black outrage is what's selling a lot of these products. Because you know what? For every time we're outraged about something, white people are out there, non-black people of color are out there giggling like, oh my God, that's so funny. I'm going to go and buy it. Because historically, it has no meaning to them. They weren't lynched. So it has no meaning to them. Whereas, you know, if you are a white person who had family members from way back when, your ancestors, because you're always talking about ancestors, 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 no, your ancestors went to the park at the weekend to watch people be hanged or they went and they lynched black people and just watched them hanging from the trees and they took their children along with them and and they had picnics under these black people hanging from trees. So those are your ancestors that you're invoking. Don't talk about my ancestors. Don't holler at Oshun. Don't holler at Yomoja. Don't holler at Shango. They're not yours. Mind your business. Um, so all of these wild things are happening and they weren't even happening that long ago because we still know of cases where black people are being lynched, lynched now, now, right now, still being lynched and unsolved murders because people don't care about black lives. Um, but you thought it would be fashion forward to add a noose to your whole look, to your whole judge. And for that reason, Burberry can go fuck themselves because it just gets me how... Um, Sometimes people that we see on, because we see black people as models and doing all of these little initiatives, we think that, yeah, oh, it's being inclusive. But no, if at the highest point of the decision making in these companies, they are still being very, very anti-black. It doesn't matter that they've got black models. It doesn't matter that they're doing any of this stuff because essentially they still don't take us seriously. So as far as I'm concerned, like I said, they can, Burberry can find a tartan straw, whatever that design is called on their coats and whatever, a beige straw, and use it to suck the entirety of their mothers because black people are tired. We're tired of being outraged and we're tired of the outrage being what sells your products. Like you can't all be this fucking dumb. Fix the fuck up. So anyway, that's it for this week. That's it for this episode of SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What? That's right. Suck your mum. It's been great being back. I truly enjoy these sessions and I hope that I've imparted some some beauty, some knowledge into your lives on this Monday or whenever you're listening to this. I've been Kalechi, Kalechi Okafor, baby girl for life. And this has been SYM. So I guess I'll see you soon. Who knows when, but probably in two weeks time. But yeah, anyway, look after yourselves. Two slaps on your chest for listening and don't let the bastards get you down. Peace. Peace.
It's the Ben's Punani Womanist Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this Baby sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea we are go sipping yo Hard time scrolling for your long shorts You might learn something you never know Collect you find, and she's one of a kind Don't say you mind, say you mind 